Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and as always, I'm joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, it's Mike? Good. It's, another it's going Wednesday. great. It's a Wednesday uh, recording, which our, we usually do, as some people know, on Mondays. So this is kind of uh, yep, yep. a little bit late in the week. I'm in a different spot in my uh, routine, but it's good. I get a little bit more to talk to you about, I guess, over there. Well, we recorded Wednesday last week, so it's kind of... But in between, I've been to Bloomington and back, so... Yeah, that's right. There's that. Uh Spe- yeah, hey, speaking of that, how'd you, how, how did you feel your trip? I only got to see you like one time. I was so packed this last weekend. Yeah, you were you were you were pretty busy. I spent I spent a good part of the weekend just hanging out at Trotsky's, catching up on shows on his uh, Apple TV. <laughs> That's funny. It was pretty good. Uh, my several of my family members are sick. It's that time of the year where everybody gets freaking cold, sore throat. I, I can st- still kind of hear it in your voice. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm right on the edge of it, and so I was, um, I was on the fence about coming down. It was a uh, crab boil tailgate this past Saturday, uh, which you know that's for the benefit of yeah. the listeners. Uh, that's when our buddy Pat gets a bunch of uh, crab legs, corn, uh, corn broken up into thirds, uh, cut up potatoes, what else? Shrimp and sausage, awesome. and and just boils it all in one big pot with like he did one batch with zatarans and one batch with old bay seasoning and it's freaking yeah let me uh go ahead and burn our goodwill token for the cursing here Uh, that shit was amazing it was so good (laughs) so good i mean sydney hadn't ever cracked crab before and she had it and it just came right out perfectly it was just well done cooked i mean he cooks this in a pot outside and Pat, yeah, outside Pat, of uh, outside of the RV yeah, yeah. at the tailgate, he nailed it. He just nailed it. He had this him and Chris and uh, yeah, it was just I think him and Chris who also um, helps in the mornings or gets the crab too. They got some like huge yeah, Chris. Chris, he got massive like our buddy, Alaskan crab legs and stuff that they cooked for themselves. Those things were oh yeah yeah that happened early before before I right got that there. that was just I think it was just for them that they just bought like two their own little thing. Granted, the crab they got for everyone was pretty great size as it was but these were the size of like yeah. tree logs they were so big <laughs> uh so anyway uh you uh, got to come down you had to play any games with uh with with the guys or anything i know you went to also to a cardinal game night right yeah so um we did that and then saturday evening went back to trotsky's we played jamaica i believe um i was pretty out of it then just exhausted uh from being on the edge of being sick so and yeah that was the rest of my story i was on the fence about coming down but i'm like oh that that crab boil tailgate is so good i'm like do i drive four four and a half hours down and back uh it's each way and and spend saturday outside or do i stay here in a house full of sick people it's kind (laughs) of damned if you do damned if you don't kind of thing but uh, I went down anyway, and that was a great time. Um, Monday evening, we went over to Cardinal. Um, Pat and Chris and a couple other guys, Marcus, Justin, we played, um, oh, what did we play? That submarine game, I don't remember the name mm-hmm. of, where you go down. Oh, yeah, right. And you pick up stuff as you go down, and then you got to go back up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so is that the kind of games that they and, play at Cardinal? I, I've not been to a Cardinal. Cardinal Spirits is a uh, distillery it, here in Bloomington. Yeah, it's the Bloomington 
local distillery. Um, it just depends on the group. Uh, Trotsky's Table played um, Between Two Castles of Mad King Ludwig. Okay. And they played uh, Space Park, that one with the, all the little gems on the different um, spaces. You go around in circles. Okay. I, not that we're not I that we're pro- played that I've I've played that one. Sometimes we play Century Gollum. Um, it's a little, you know, it's it's casual compared to like Gloomhaven, mm-hmm. um, but it just depends on the group. It's a lot like uh, Game Night when Trotsky used to have it at his house. Say, it's different, I've, not different that we're promoting a things. big like Cardinal Spirits or anything, but how's the uh, what's the crowd like for that kind of a thing? It's it's a game night in a bar with I'm assuming a lot of our friends go. Uh, is it mostly those people, or is it all sorts of people randomly jump in? The, there are a handful of regulars. Um, there's another guy named Chris that I met at one because I've happened to go to a couple of those because I've been passing through uh, at the time when they're held, and so I'll stay an extra day and and do that. Um, there are a handful of people who come to those that we wouldn't normally see. Like maybe they would come to Trotsky's house, but the same thing when he would do them at his house. Like there were people we'd see there that we didn't normally see um, at other gatherings, right? Like they would never come on a Tuesday. Oh, I see. You know, kind of in the outskirts. Um. Um. So it sounds fun, though. Yeah, yeah, it's a good time. They usually get. I think we had three tables going, and that's about average. That's cool. Um. I mean, it's. It's yes, it's technically a bar, but it's a distillery, and it's a Monday night, so you know yeah. there it's it's never crowded. It's it's kind of a win win situation for for the distillery to host and uh, and get some people in on a on a Monday. Well, I, I definitely have to get out there to to one here and there. It's it's a it sounds like a fun time, it, and then we usually play game nights right like falling right after on our Tuesdays. This week we didn't right. get to, but. So that so some of the guys get to do back to back game nights, which are kind of nice. Well, like I said, it's sorry that I that I missed you this weekend. It was uh, definitely a, a a busy time for me in in a good way. But uh, next time you come in, I just I remember I think I remember you telling me about it. Like you're, I think it was after we recorded last Wednesday. You were like, "Hey, so what are you doing this weekend?" I was like, "I got lots of stuff." Oh yeah, and yeah. I was like, "What?" It was sort of last. What? <laughs> you got to give me leeway before like two days. Uh, Right. So ne- next time we'll we'll definitely have to to, to do some stuff. I had, uh, I did, you know, I, I have a lot of games over at my house. I was just thinking, like, when you come over, and we play games right. or whatever at the house. I uh, I have a lot of stuff on my table. I've got a pretty large table down in my game room area, um, that you're familiar with. This is kind of for my for the listeners. The um, right. It's pretty big, wide. It seats something like twelve. Um, a really nice table and. Uh, I, I randomly have been putting like my board games hell still from Gen Con when I brought back the um that right. big game night thing. Uh I've taken the a lot of the games out there and when Sydney and I've played them, I've just kind of put them back on there. I haven't really had an opportunity to organize all of the, the games I've got from Gen Con and put them into their proper places. Actually, to be honest, mm. I need to buy a new shelf, is what I need to buy. Like bookcase. <laughs> um if I'm honest with myself. But the um the thing is that I had kind of left them there, and then I've also pulled out other games that I, that I've wanted to play, or that I played with people, or played with Sydney, and then lot, left them back. And then somebody had came over not too long ago and wanted to see, see some of my Transformers, so I pulled those out of the closet, right. and they were sitting on the on the table. Um, Sydney will come down and get movies that we'll watch, and then put them back on the table instead of putting them up. 
And I, I paused. This, the moral of the story is that I paused the other night as I was coming back from upstairs from playing Divinity 2, a game. Um, and I just looked and I realized that 13-year-old me would be so proud of me now. Like that whole table <laughs> is just full of Transformers and movies and D&D games. And the walls have like, you know, uh, fantasy characters all over them. I'm really proud of where I've come in life. <laughs> I don't uh I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show but I definitely had that uh I I made that observation the first time I I went to your house for the um ICG con. Yeah. It's like this is a this is a nerd basement, that's for sure. Yeah. And 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 I love it. I mean, I love it after after I got well, when I was when I was married, I had all this stuff before and I put it in and I had like a, a computer room, what we call a computer room, which me and my wife at the time would would both play games. Um, and I had two computers, but it was a, a kind of a bedroom ish size thing. And that's where I would put things on the wall and just kind of let, kept all that stuff in there and put some things in the closet and kind of kept on to it. But then when I, after I got a divorce and I went looking for a house, one of the things I really wanted was a, a space that I could have my, all my geek stuff in, right. And just have it be there. Mm-hmm. The rest of the house is fine. It's nice. It's a good nice normal house that you know it's a home for the family and everything but then downstairs that's that's me and i get to really embrace that so this is done really well for me i'm very happy with my house um <laughs> did do a little bit more work in my computer room but uh yeah i like it um and i and i'm i'm really you know at this age where hell i've been this way for like 15 years at, at least of accepting the, all the, the geek stuff that i like and uh, flying that geek you know flag high I mean, hell, we have a podcast on this kind of stuff, right? Um, right. So it's it's nice. It's good. I, li- I like being me. It's uh, a good part of me. Well, that's uh, it makes you feel good. It makes cool. you feel good when you have that, right? So, so your your new house, you got to have a room like that, right? I don't know. You're gonna sell it, but you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm gonna sell it. So there's there's not too much that's uh, that's gonna be overly personal. No, no staging. I, it. I do have a room. I do have a yeah. I have a room right now that I'm recording from it's the smallest of the three bedrooms and i've just covered as many of the surfaces as i can with curtains and, and carpet to try and try and improve the sound quality which is not uh it's it's okay i'm not totally happy with it but and it, ha- it, it mainly how is it out over there the working in this cold i'm mean, probably even colder up where you are i mean the heat works so it's not uh i'm not doing stuff outside yeah that's right yet anymore uh, I do have to mow one more time, but that's it's okay. you know I should mow one more time. So. Hey, so let's do some let's do something. I, I'm I'm hard to to press to call this good news. Good news, everyone. Uh, but some news. How's that? Um, so you hear that uh, uh, one of the world's heroes, Stanley, had passed away recently. I did hear that. That uh, this is Wednesday. Um, recording on November fourteenth. So this was like what two days ago, maybe one day ago. That kind of yeah, uh, Monday I think it was. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, I know you were never really a comic book guy, but that guy just had so many like I don't know effects on pop culture and storytelling. Well, yeah, sure. I mean, I can I can recognize his his impact beyond the increasingly ridiculous cameos he made in in all the mcu right. films uh yeah and the neat the neat thing about that there was there was one i want to touch on one of his cameos real quick 
Uh, speaking of those kindos, he he made one in a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. I, I can't remember if I've told you this. And yeah, is, is it, yeah, he where he was like the Watcher, which is like the the one character that watches all over all the characters, and and it was neat that they kind of made Stan Lee into this, you know, you're going to be in everything kind of character, and he was. I mean, he was even in Homecoming, he was in Infinity War, and he was oh, he's even in Venom, which I I saw, which was kind of neat, which is not actually a Marvel movie per se, uh, it's a Fox movie, right. Um, but that you know, every company and everything used him in that way. But it's because he, I mean, he really did, and he was also one of those really uh, lambastic or bombastic kind of guys, the big personalities that always had a big smile and was always out there, and, and definitely did the like I embrace comic books type thing. He was you know his Excelsior and uh, you mm-hmm. know talked like a comic book character just kind of who he was the whole time i think it made everybody feel like hey the guy that's behind all the guys all the stuff is a true blue true believer i guess right and and sam or stanley sure. stanley always felt like this is a guy that made it because he loved it and this is who he is and the spider-man that i read is because that's what he likes and that's what he is because you can meet your heroes a lot of times and they're nothing like that, especially in acting they're, and yeah, movies, you know, they're just professionals yeah. or whatever. They, they do this because this is what they do and they're good at it. Not because they, they yeah. like it. I mean, it's one of the things I like a lot about some of the Marvel characters, the the actors is that they really truly do like their, their people that they play. Uh, so, mm-hmm. so, you know, you meet somebody like, um, uh, Hell, Robert Downey Jr. and 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 they they like they love the characters that they're playing. They play them more and more, and they just you know they want to be those characters themselves. And they put so much of themselves actually on the screen that it kind of is them to a point. Not everybody's like that. yeah. I think we we talked about this um, a couple of weeks ago about uh, Leonard Nimoy. Yeah, um, that I sort of felt the same way about it was like he never he never regretted playing that character or. You know, I mean, he I mean, he did at one point in like in the 70s, he published I Am Not Spock. Yeah. But, you know, it came around on that when you when you live as long as these guys do, there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of history. There's a lot of old Facebook posts, as you would say, yeah. um, whether they're, you know, newspaper articles or or whatever. But, yeah, that's. um Well, the, the Sydney was at school. I mean, we. Sydney knows who Stanley is. I mean, she definitely knows who he is. Sure. And I mean, the guy's 95. We all knew at some point this was going to happen. You hate ever jinxing it by saying that's going to happen. Uh, right. So everybody kind of knew like, oh, someday, someday this is going to happen. And then, and then it does. And I, I was thinking about how I'm going to tell Sid, you know, I'm gonna tell her on the way home. Do I wait till she gets home? And then we did. I waited mm-hmm. till we got home. I'm like, all right, so I've got some sad news. And she's like, is it because, is it that Stanley died? And I was like, what? <laughs> so they had heard about it in her school. It's like something that goes around school. She doesn't know half the things that happen in the world in, in school, but she knows that Stan Lee died in the middle of school. Well, I'll, I'll say I, um, thanks to a buddy of mine, I follow at least half a dozen uh, um, funny, as they say, meme accounts on Instagram. And I also follow maybe half a dozen celebrities. I follow Chris Pratt mm-hmm. and... Um, uh, uh, I don't know, a, a handful. And um, so, you know, after I heard it from you first because I th- I don't think I had checked Instagram. But that day, you know, all of those people, they posted a quote or 
a picture mm -hmm. or um, whatever. So it was all over social media in a way that, uh, you know, more more mainstream news would not be. It, you know, it's pretty neat that... So that doesn't surprise me at all. It's pretty neat that celebrities, like when celebrities have post those kind of pictures, that they that they went out and geeked out at somebody and then kept a picture, that they got a selfie with somebody. Right. Know, that, that's kind of neat. I mean, seeing all these people like, hey, look, this is the picture that I took when I was with Stanley. And I'm like, everyone takes pictures to be have a picture with you, The Rock. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's that was even um, part of it. It's like the just the relative, uh, not relative, but like, you know, two people can be famous, but one can still be a fan of the other. Like there's a there's a series of very funny uh, interviews and clips with um, uh, uh, Harrison Ford and Ryan Gosling. Yeah. After they did um, uh, Blade Runner. Yeah. Twenty forty nine. Where they're they're just kind of joking around, like Harrison Ford's pretending like he can't remember his name and stuff like that. Uh, that's, that's, those are kind of. They, I remember seeing those, some of those behind the scene things, and you can tell that he's definitely a fan. I mean, I'd be, I couldn't imagine actually working with Harrison Ford. That would be like pretty. Right. Even if even if you were Ryan Gosling, yeah, right, you'd be like, this, this is Harrison Ford. Like, well, like uh, the the video. There are some of those with. Um, Tom Holland, when he came on to uh, Civil War, it's like, not only are you working with all these guys, but, um, you know, they've all been working together for at least one or two movies. Yep. Right, and so you're coming late. He he, the, he actually has a funny interview where he um, was going to meet Robert Downey Jr. And the 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 guy who walked into the room was his stunt double but tom holland didn't couldn't tell like he thought it was actually him oh yeah for at at first he's like he's like kind of kind of freaking out and then then it's kind of like he's pausing it's like it look kind of different in person. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's funny the you know i it's one of the things i think people really liked about homecoming the spider-man we're on a little derail on this from the stanley thing but uh the the homecoming show and have really in, really embraced Tom Holland and Spider Man and the new Spider Man is that we all feel just as amazed as he does at every in the shows in his movies he mm. he's, he's so young and just like this is so cool and amazing and when he meets at the, hell the first five minutes he's like this is Captain America oh my gosh and Mister he calls him Mister Stark because he's just so you know star struck <laughs> he wants to be an Avenger he's just everybody. He's everybody. He's the everyman. And I think when, movies or anything, when you're when you're going into the fantastical, the best way to, to really show that kind of a movie is to have someone the audience can identify with. That everyman. That, sure. You know, hey, here's here's my person so that I can see the world from that perspective. It makes everything in the world, whether it's a crazy movie about sci-fi or fantasy, it makes it all believable because somebody else is like, yeah. whoa, you know, that whole time. Yeah, you've got a you've got a stand you've got an analog to you know kind of yes uh, be you yeah. right 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 yeah and and to and be, that's uh, why you know everybody likes him so much and and really has gravitated him. But going back to the Stanley thing, I, I like I said he he, uh, he I know he filled my life with a lot of amazing things um, his, in his creations, and they've just kept going. And I mean, you have things like the X Men and Fantastic Four, and um, they. 
they're still today. And, and I know there's a million different people that's done it, but there's also been a million different kinds of, you know, comic books. There's truly been companies come and go and, and, and thousands and thousands of different characters created. But Stan Lee didn't just have one hit, you know, lightning strike hit the thing. He created massive amount of characters that everyone knows. So mm-hmm. that's that's cool. That's special. And that's that's amazing. And somebody that we should always you know think, hey, this somebody really great passed on here. And and he never right. he never felt that way. He was always like, hey, I'm just doing the best I can, right? Which has even made it better. So yeah, rest in peace, Mr. Lee. I liked you myself. <laughs> All right, moving from that. That's that's not good news, but sad news. But news really is. yeah, yeah. Um, I, I had one quick note. I don't want to, I don't want to go into this again. I've been catching up on my various, uh, video game and Blizzard podcasts and they're talking about the just horrible childish reactions of some of the fans, which is a whole thing I don't want to get into, but, um, they're talking about WoW Classic and I, and I got clarification that, um, the game itself will be free. They're not charging for WoW Classic. What they are doing is including it in a standard WoW subscription. So it's not fully free to play. You have to have an active WoW subscription to play it. And it's not a separate subscription. It's the same one. But I thought that was particularly um, sort of... Brilliant is a strong word. But but kind of a clever um, marketing revenue sort of model. So those people of which there are, you know, one of the numbers I heard thrown around was like a hundred thousand. They're really jonesing for that old classic, you know, more social, more slowed down, uh, um, gameplay experience, uh, have to have to pay for a, a standard wow subscription, which like Nobody is doing subscription games in 2018. Yeah. Like, WoW is one of the last ones. Um, I think I think maybe Final Fantasy is doing it. Like, there are a couple of MMOs that are still trying to do that, but it's really hard. People are like, oh, $15 a month, and it's been $15 a month for, like, <laughs> 12 years, mm-hmm. right? Like, inflation keeps going up, but the subscription price is the same. Um, and so those people are going to, you know, they're going to, they're going to sell what blizzard is going to sell more subs and then those people have an active sub and they can go jump into normal wow if they if they want if they get bored of the really slow classic yeah experience. that's a that's a weird thing because i mean people who honestly the only people who are going to be playing wow classic are wow people right yeah but there are but they're they're different right there are people who have been playing like private pirate servers yeah but really there honestly, are special kind of wow people that were probably not paying for subs before yeah but what what kind of i mean i know i'm not always in the the loop when it comes to like asian or korean markets but what percentage what kind of number of people are you talking about like we're flooding these private hacked servers i mean what 50 i mean it can't be thousands right i think it is thousands really Okay. All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll admit that I that I'm not. I don't know. I don't have I don't have exact numbers in front of me, but it's. I mean, look at it this way. It it was enough that Blizzard is making WoW Classic. That that is true. To to appeal to those people. 
That that is true, and I, I wonder though if some of that is also that people who are currently subscribing also want to play. Maybe. Yeah. Well, so yeah, fifteen dollars. I mean, they'll pull back some some people who hadn't subscribed for a little while, and and they'll play because I think if those people are going to play WoW Classic, why don't they just keep playing for free on their private servers? Well, they you know, Blizzard keeps shutting the private service down because it's against the terms of service. Yeah, I guess. Well, the, yeah, I remember there being an EverQuest way back in the day, an EverQuest server that I may have hopped on once that I tried. That was a, that you, I wanted to try out, see what this private server thing was at. Cause I always thought about like, just, just playing with my friends would be so cool. Um, mm, yeah. yeah in, in, a, in a, I mean that, that would be cool. And like, um, that's a little bit like how, I hear Fallout 76 is going to be. Right, which sounds kind of neat. Um, I, I felt that the the Elder Scrolls games Elder Scrolls games came really, really close to that, except that they didn't have multiplayer. You know, I mean, they didn't. It was just a, right. a huge MMO with a single-player experience. And then I always thought that, why don't you just make Skyrim open it up and have it four-player or five-player and let people hop into it? But then instead, they decided to go, let's go full-on MMO, which is... To do ESO. Yeah, which is not exactly what people were asking for. Um, but yeah, so anyway, I, I, I tried, like I said, an EverQuest type thing before and it it was fine, but it was sparse. Even in the heyday of EverQuest, there just wasn't hardly anyone. So it made you feel like, Mm -hmm. oh, you know, I'm playing an MMO single player kind of. Um, and then, yeah, anyway, that's cool. And I think that's fair, especially it's neat that you're not paying a separate $10 monthly fee, um, you know, for just that game you get. $15 $15 you get the game and the other games yeah and they're and they're not going to try and charge for it it's a you know I'm sure they had many meetings like how do we how do we do this how do we deal with this because the well I mean I already said this you know if somebody's playing it and they they get to a point after I mean for me it would be a couple hours but maybe for somebody else a couple weeks a couple months and they're like yeah this really does take forever they're like well I have a subscription to WoW Prime why don't I why don't I see if that's gotten any better? And, you know, they might they might get people hooked in. Or if I mean, it's a social game, you know, if you've got a if you've got a group in classic and you all get to a point where you're like, Okay, we did the classic things, we killed Ragnaros, we did Nax, whatever they're including in that. Mm-hmm. They're like, let's uh let's switch over to 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 the main game and, and raid up there. And they you know, they could get they could get some new people into the in the main experience that way. Sure. It's it's Blizzard. They they do they burn through projects and money like it's, you know, water. So they can do whatever the heck they want to do. Which but it's neat. That's you know that that it was that is another feather I think in Blizzard's hat that they can do these silly they're the only company that can do these like fantasy projects. Let's let's still be working on Diablo 2 for Pete's sakes, you know what I mean? Because they can. Why? Because they can. Let's let's sure. put a patch out for StarCraft One while we're at it. You know. I saw. Yeah. There's a there's a patch for original StarCraft, and you know what else there is, which I did not realize. I was just kind of clicking around in the in the Blizzard launcher after um, after they added uh, Warcraft Three Remastered or Reforged in there. They're doing seasons like tournament seasons in StarCraft One. Yeah. Like uh, the StarCraft Remastered, whatever. Like I'm sure it's mostly Asians playing it, but they're playing it, and there are people at Blizzard running these 
these tournament seasons. It's crazy. Yeah, they, you know, that's the only company I know that will do that. I mean, a lot of companies will say, you're below 100 people, we're out. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, Nintendo does some classic stuff with their, like, virtual console um, and things like that. But for the most part, their catalog is too broad for them to uh, really be supporting all of those things. And they are also, you know, a console company. People are still playing, uh, or maybe not, but... People played the same original uh, Super Smash Brothers for like 10 years, but they never released any patches for it. Like it was a static game. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Well, anyway, yeah. um, speak, speaking of Nintendo, let's, let's jump over. Um, this is sort of an early Black Friday topic, but I've been looking at um, the various Nintendo Switch deals and, and bundles that are out there. Okay. I, I know this is um, something that you and I both have kind of been on the same page with a little bit. With Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about this console since it came out um, in the in the early early summer, I think, of, of last year, 2017. Um, and we were kind of hoping for some kind of some kind of Black Friday deal. Um, now it's November. What did you say? 14th? Yep. Yeah. Uh, and we've not seen anything yet. That doesn't mean that nothing's coming, but probably not. All of the, the Black Friday news comes out a little earlier every year. Um, and as of now, the best deal for the money excuse me, is a bundle uh, Nintendo Switch console with Mario Kart. It's like Mario Kart 8 or something now. Right. Which, and, it's, and it's 300 and the, the normal normal price retail of the console is three hundred two ninety nine. Well, there, there's there's um, actually a, a Fortnite bundle too that's two ninety nine. Oh, is there? Yeah, I didn't see. And that. It comes with like fifty dollars worth of Fortnite goodies and stuff, and it's all Fortnite like okay. colors. It's so, red and so, blue, and yeah. so that's potential. Yeah, because Fortnite is is free to play. Yeah. So yeah, if you get if you're if you play Fortnite, which I don't, right. um, or if you really like Mario Kart, which you know, yeah. I don't dislike Mario Kart. It's a fine game, but it's not... I would not have bought it. Yeah. Um, I mean, my sister has it, so if I really wanted to play, I could play, but I'm not... Uh, I'm not going to. So, I sort of... I've sort of decided that I'm going to pass on that, and so then I was looking at these special edition bundles. Mm -hmm. um, so far, the ones I've seen are... There's one for Diablo, there's one for Pokemon, and there's one for... Uh, Super Smash Brothers. Uh, Smash Brothers doesn't interest me. I've never been huge into fighting games, and that one is particularly, uh, um, let's say, migraine-inducing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, and so, I'm looking at these other two. Uh, they both have um, kind of custom art on the console and on the dock. Um, the Diablo one comes with a carrying case, and that's basically it. Like it comes with the game, comes with a carrying case, and there's there's art on the dock and on the back of the console. The controllers are just gray, like the normal gray um, version of the game, the console. Um, and that one, that one I think is the normal price of the console plus the game. It's three sixty, okay, or three fifty nine, whatever. Um, the other one, the the Pokemon one, 
there are two versions because in Pokemon fashion, traditional fashion, there are two versions of the upcom- upcoming game. Uh, it's like, let's go Pikachu or let's go Eevee, I think are the two different versions of the game. Okay. Um, that's a thing they've done, I think, almost from the beginning where they do like, what, you know, Fire Red and Leaf Green came out at the same time and it was the same game, but with a different set of Pokemon that you could find. Okay. Um, mostly the same, but some were different and eventually you could like trade with people across consoles or you'd like plug them together with that cable and stuff. Yeah. Um, at some point we should talk about this new game because it's a, it's some kind of strange hybrid between, well, not high. Well, I guess hybrid. It's a, it's a console Pokemon game, but it has more of the mechanics of uh, Pokemon go than your traditional Pokemon because the, the mainline Pokemon series is still um, is still exclusive or is still living on the Nintendo DS line, uh, which is they've got the 3DS and the 2DS both in a yeah both in an extra large. It's increasingly ridiculous to to name to name the actual consoles, but they when they released the Switch, they Nintendo was intentional in keeping those two ecosystems separate and keeping the DS series of games moving forward independent of the switch games it's still their sort of um more portable lo-fi uh um, platform yeah anyway um so they have two bundles for this new game um they have art on the dock and the and the console and they have yellow and tan joy cons instead of your red and blue or gray uh versions And they also come with this peripheral um, that looks like a Pokeball with a joystick on it. Did you? I sent you a link on this. Right. Yeah, I I saw. Did you see that? It's 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 weird. I mean, because I I look at that and I can't see Pokemon, not see Pokemon Go, and thinking like that's a huge turnoff for me. (laughs) It's personally because Pokemon Go drives me nuts. But that's a whole other stuff. Did you not? Did you not get on get on with that? No, I I totally did, but it's. It's not, yeah. I thought we talked about this. It's like it's not a game. It's not a, a thing. It's, <laughs> it's, it's just a horrible, you know, thing. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and so so this is some kind of hybrid. Like apparently, you can use this peripheral to play the game, and it it maybe makes the ball throwing mechanic easier because unlike the the traditional games the the new game is going to have a ball throwing mechanic kind of like the the mobile game did um you flip and catch it yeah right yeah and so this bundle is 400 it's 399 which is right about i think the the peripheral by itself is like the pokeball by itself is like 45 uh presumably the game's going to be 60 so like you get the whole bundle and you save five bucks plus you get a special edition console. Ugh. Um. <laughs> I I mean it, th- maybe maybe this has got to be me not. I mean I like Pokemon. I'm not anti Pokemon by any stretch, but that is four hundred dollars. I mean I was already like trying to justify in my head. Like every three weeks, I try to justify my head, justify my head to pay to pay three hundred dollars for a Switch. 
And then and then to say sure. like here, oh, but you can buy four hundred for these other things. It's just not that is that is even less appealing to me. But, you know, I mean, <laughs> okay, but, okay. So yeah. so so take that one out. What about this? What about this Diablo one? I mean, I love Diablo, and I do. And and you know the the big selling selling point of that, and this could be the same thing with the the. The, the Pokemon one for people who are huge Pokemon fans is that I love Diablo and I would love to have a custom Switch Diablo themed console. Uh, yeah, I was going to say you that. can't. Uh, I, I I was going to I was going to give you a hard time if you come out against against custom stuff after describing your your whole you know geek den. No, no, no. I mean, I I, I have a Decepticon like decal on my on my PlayStation and stuff. It's Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 totally cool, and I and I like the idea of that. I would buy. I usually buy consoles early in the life cycles. I don't wait until there's a special edition with them. So I've never had the opportunity to buy a special mm, edition. Yeah, but I mean that's cool. But it's Diablo, it's Diablo three that's been out for seven hundred years, mm. and that I already you know sadly own two copies on two different consoles for. There's just really no reason, and no one that I would know of that would ever want to say like, hey, let's buy a switch so i can buy diablo every one of my friends would say you want to pick it on pc which we all have or playstation which we have so you know and anyone i know that well, has a are, switch also has one of those other platforms and has diablo on those platforms sure well our our buddy trotsky bought it oh, he's the he's oh, literally he, the only guy that doesn't own a, sure. like a pc well, or his normal console yeah he's not a he's not a pc gamer um but he did i mean he bought the game I should say he had a console already. On well, Switch. I see. Yes, but he. I mean, I love the guy. He's my brother, but he only buys Nintendo. I mean, he used to buy other things, right. but he. Right. I mean, he. He only. He won't even look at anything else without saying unless it's like, does it say Mario on it? Does it have Zelda? Okay, now I'll buy mm. it. Right. So sure. I mean, he. He just. I mean, that's. That's the that's that's the demographic he's in. But I only I only brought that up because I I stayed at his house this last weekend and I did take a few minutes to. Uh, to pull out his switch and and try Diablo for a couple minutes because I never bought it on PlayStation. I played it ah. when there was like a free weekend or they did a demo yeah. or something and it was okay, but I was like, I don't know anybody with a PlayStation who's playing it at the time. Right. Which was, you know, it's like six or seven years ago. Right. And, and Trotsky's honestly one of those guys that, that will will try hardcore to sell you on something and then won't be the guy that plays it with you. Sure, so, sure. So, so he he's not. That's not bashing him. That's just saying that you know a lot of times you'll people will buy and I do it as well. We'll buy games or play games because just because your friends play it. I mean that's a huge selling sure. point. I mean I'll do I'll play half the mobile games I play is because you guys and everybody else is playing them and I jump on that and want to try it. Um, but you know he's he's the only guy I know, and this is just us that has a switch with Diablo three, and I have a lot of friends who play games and love I mean, diablo it, it's it's been out less than two weeks yeah and it's still full price like if it if it goes on sale like people could that's a whole that's a whole thing just for me for my own like consumer buying process i i ran through this and i said okay well there are no crazy deals like there are no deals yeah. so far good enough for me to say oh this is how i'm gonna buy it yeah, yeah so i go i agree i go okay well I know, I know that I probably, probably at least at some point, am going to want to buy a Diablo three for the Switch, and at some point, I'm going to want to buy a Switch. 
those in the opposite order. Hey, can, wait, can I ask you a question about that? Since you just said that, you said you're going to want to buy Diablo for the Switch. Can I ask you mm-hmm. why you would want to buy Diablo for the Switch? <sighs> Beyond the fact that Trotsky may, in some crazy world, actually play with you. Oh, I, I have no... I have no illusion that uh, that I would ever play multiplayer of that game with Trotsky. I don't. I don't know. It's the whole. I like the idea of the mobile play experience more than more than probably I actually would in 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 actuality would ever take advantage of it. Yeah. Um. You know, almost not every time, but every other time that I'm passing through Indianapolis and I stop in at Fry's, I go look at the 2DS XL. Yeah, uh, Nintendo, and I go. If I got that, I could get Pokemon. I could play real Pokemon. I did play real Pokemon on my phone for a while. I think we talked about that about a year ago when we first started doing the show. Um, you know, a lot of people like real Pokemon, but there are large portions of that game that are very boring. Yeah, uh, you know, walking around in grass and waiting for battle animations. You know, I did the whole pet battles thing in WoW. Like, a lot of your time is spent just waiting for attack animations to play. Right. Um, and so, you know, it, it's just this sort of logical series of, like, um, at some point I want to buy a Switch because it's amazing. And I like Diablo 3, and I'll have a Switch, and so therefore that. Now... Does that mean it's worth me spending sixty dollars on? Probably not. Yeah, that's and so, and so then it's like, am I gonna buy a special edition of the console just to have a cool, unique looking console? When you know, my sister bought a bunch of um, like skin decals, yep. something yep. to go on her. So her her Switch console is like purple and green now. Cool. Um, it's like she got these in the mail and she had to like use a, a blow a hairdryer to like get them to shrink. <laughs> oh, she made the special. Wow. Okay. I just bought like yeah. ones from you know, cons and stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. So I'll maybe, maybe in reality, I'll be just looking for if there are any other deals, any better bundle deals that are actually, um, you know, have some kind of discount because the the Diablo bundle is basically everything at full price, full price, plus a carrying case, which yeah. is not bad. I mean, in the past when I've seen special editions of like, you know, they do a, a Halo or Call of Duty version of the Xbox where like the console is white or it's green or it's camouflage. Yeah, those have always been like full price. Plus fifty or eighty bucks. It's like a collector's edition of a of a yeah of a game, right? And I'm like, okay, well, that's that's not interesting to me at all. This is like it's the same price. It's the normal price as if I bought a full price console and full price Diablo two, yeah. Except it's a custom thing, and I'm like, uh, I don't know. You know, in I, reality, I probably I, I have. It's it, it's but. funny that the switch is switch is interesting because it has that that mobile gaming kind of um, thing to it. The pick it up and play. Kind of right, right. That, that's right. that is just like all of what Nintendo's architecture has been, and or pricing point, or whatever their strategy, I guess is the word, has been for the last mm. 10, 15 years, has been not being, um, not being competitive, but but 
making something kitschy or unique to their own, you know, sphere of influence. And with the Wii, it was definitely motion controllers. Um, And then they're they're targeting a different experience. Yeah, they they and and that's cool. That's totally awesome. And that's one of the reasons I it's hard to compare them to other consoles because Mm -hmm. you could say you know you could just compare games. That's one thing, but but you. You have to add, you always have to add in, well, Nintendo has this, like that I can sit there and play with it on the, in the, in the corner right, or on the right. couch. Um, well, and it, and it makes sense, right? Like they've been looking at Sony, Microsoft, and the entire PC master race mm-hmm. fighting this three-sided battle over the same types of games for the most part. Like nobody's playing RTSs or really, um, involved simulator games like uh you know town like sim city kind of stuff uh, on consoles right but in the in the arena of like some rpgs single player rpgs for sure first person shooters and adventure games all that kind of stuff like pcs xbox playstation are all competing over the same experience space and so nintendo says can we really can we really fight in can we go up against all three of these? Well, they can't. They failed every time no. they did. You're right. No. And then it's a fool's errand. And so they're like, what we need to do is find our own our own niche. But they're they're that comes along with the number one problem they have always had since then is that is third party support. Is that nobody sure. nobody you have to you have to create games only within your niche and your your experience and tailored to that. And it's just not cost effective to make those kind of things. The only thing that does is Nintendo first party games. You know, Mario is made for the system that it's on. Um, sure. And and you can't have that same kind of experience with Zelda as you have on if you just ported it over to another console. It's got to be within that thing. But that's Nintendo, and that's what they sell. And it's without their own publishing software side of the things that they're they're a little kitschy gimmicks so to say would not fly i mean they just people have tried little mobile console type things switch before and it's not that hell the wii u itself was not had you know be able to pick it up and play it on a a small thing and it wasn't successful um but anyway you know when the point i was trying to get to here was that you have to quantify that little extra experience somewhat in your purchasing purchasing decisions um, okay. And, you know, I, I look at Spider-Man bundle for the PlayStation 4 or the Xbox One with the Minecraft edition coming out at $199 and is so unbelievably more value priced than anything you could tell me the Switch would be. And then I look at those Switch controllers, which are the worst actual, like, controllers ever. <laughs> I mean, they're just these... <laughs> terribly awkward things and i played with them you know multiplayer with the switch and they're just horrible they're the many many things that barely fit in your hands with these itty bitty buttons with this horrible d-pad and they click on it they're just terrible controllers um well they really are i mean i mean they're probably too small they're a little small for adult-sized hands. For adult-sized hands they're they're also not not conformed they're squared and edged so that they can slap onto things 
they're not in logical places. Like the deep, the, the analog stick is differently, weirdly on, on stuff. And then there's buttons in crevices where you have to slide them in. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's, it's a, if you just oh. review the controllers themselves, they're weird. Oh, and I know, I know part of what, part of the problem you're having is you're coming from the PlayStation. Where you have like an actual controller? Yes. No, no, <laughs> no, no. I mean, um, the PlayStation has symmetrical analog sticks. Yes, correct. Right, where the, the, the Xbox is not. Which has always been the weirdest thing in the whole world, that you've got this thing way up here in the corner and one down the bottom. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's how they decided to do it. It's right. like one, it's like a, just a, whatever. It's like right. muscle memory. Well, that but you, that but anyway, the, the, if, the controllers weren't yeah, were, were something that's it, awkward as it is. But um, If you play it, if you play the console in your hand, or if you snap the controllers together and you're playing the like playing with just one of those joy cons is the gimmick part of this. Like if you're playing exactly. Mario party or the sort of games that people played on the Wii, that's what that's for. Like the real experience with those is either on the console or on that little mount thing so that they make a full controller. But see that that's actually what, what I would buy the, the switch for is not just to play it by myself. It would be to play with like, in groups of people like that's the only i guess that's the only time i've ever really played a switch is over at trotsky's sure. with you're just playing one joy con and it's the most awkward crazy <laughs> controlling thing ever and like this is not a f- cool controller but but anyway the, the point was is that that's if there's just a lot of things that aren't so great about the switch too um and that's why i was looking for this all comes back to the why i was looking for a price drop was that that i think that paying mm-hmm. $300 for something that's just a gimmick because I fell for the, the Switch. Or I mean, the, the Wii. The Wii. The Wii. I, I fell for it and it was not so great. I mean, Wii Sports was amazing. I mean, but the, the Wii was, I mean, it was a success. It was right? a total success, like, for sure. If in, in, its, in its market, which in the, in the like, slightly lower quality graphics like they did very well mm-hmm. in the motion control sphere up against connect and the stupid playstation move yeah they did very well yes. like everybody had a wii sure everybody. the wii u from everything i've heard was a complete flop right um but yeah yeah so so the so the, these all these bundles coming for stuff um i'm i'm glad they have them it's nice for people i'm not sure what it will do it's definitely not making me want to want to buy a console i i liked to buy a switch but honest to god four hundred dollars for something that i might play once a month or twice a month i could spend four hundred dollars on a lot of other things that are going to give me a lot more entertainment well it's it's three hundred dollars well i mean if i i bought a bundle right to, yeah. to entice well, I mean, me into buying it more that's the highest bundle and it's really yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, I plan on at least trying that Pokemon game. I don't know that I'm that deep into it that I would, that sure. I would spend a hundred dollars on the game plus a a special peripheral. Sure. That really, its biggest benefit seems to be that you can do the walking thing, yeah. um, which was my complaint about Pokemon Go because it came out came out after I moved here and I don't have many opportunities to walk. Yeah, uh, right. But that's that's the whole thing. Yeah, and and, um, and the, the PlayStation is I, I give the, to get that equal time that the PlayStation and the Xbox have some phenomenal deals. If you've not for some reason not chosen a console and you're sitting back and you're like, should I pick a 
a Switch, a PlayStation, or an Xbox, which is who the heck is out there that's still deciding. Um, but it, but if if you well, were, the, you know, the one ninety nine. Yeah, the the PS four and the Xbox One are heavily discounted because they're near the end of their life cycle. Like both of those consoles have intermediate upgrade versions out and have been out for over a year. They've got like Xbox One S and X and PS4 Pro kind of stuff. So their their original models, like maybe with upgraded storage, are all very cheap. Like well, I got a right. I got a PS4 with a terabyte last year for two hundred and that bundle will be or that that deal will be going again this year. So if you you know, if you want to play that new Red Dead Redemption yeah. game. Well, go, that's go, not go just that. Grab, it's Grab the, your PS4. The, the 7,000 Xbox One or PlayStation 4 games that come with it, as opposed to buy a buy yeah. a Mario for $300 and get Mario and Zelda, you know, and, <laughs> and wait for something else. Um, but the, I mean, that's the, always the argument for, for Mario games. Is, you know, hey, how badly do you want Mario and Zelda? Um, the, or Smash Brothers, if that's your thing. The um, but it's getting longer, and, and, and it makes you and it makes you think that, uh, like you just said, oh, they're at the end of their life cycles for one ninety nine. Well, okay, so do I blow you know three hundred dollars on a switch and get invested in the future of a switch when if this system's out on its end of life cycle, they're going to be putting out uh, Sony will be putting out a new system here in a year or two maybe, and I'll just wait for that, you know. But I mean, that's always that's always the question. I mean. People do that stuff with Apple all the time. Although sure. everything Apple is more expensive than the, the you know anything. What we said four hundred dollars. Like right. you can't buy anything made by Apple for four hundred dollars. Anything, anything. Um, yeah, we can't even talk about may, that. May, maybe some ear pods. Right. But, well, uh, anyway, that so something I want to talk about since we're real quickly on the on the Black Friday stuff. Um, something I you know I'm always on an eye for a new big ticket item, whether it be a TV or a console or something like that. Um, and, and this year I don't think there's anything that's going to sell me on stuff. I've got a really kind of nice TV. I can't see, I mean, unless I go 4k and there's some kind of crazy deal I, hmm. buying that thing. I've, I've got a really nice PC that I just recently built. Um, sure. so I, I don't have that. A laptop doesn't appeal to me cause I can do all sorts of stuff that I, you know, with my things. Um, but every year I also look, I always invest heavily in movies and I invest mm-hmm. heavily in games. Like this is the this is kind of my Gen Con for those two things. Um, mm-hmm. I I I put a moratorium on buying new video games, um, like three or four months before Black Friday because I know whatever comes out has a really good chance to go half price, you know, later on. Sure. Um, so I, I went and perused through a couple of those. There's things like Monster World, which I would never pay sixty dollars for, uh, but I Monster might Hunter. pay thirty dollars for for twenty five. Um, I bought. Overwatch that way. I bought um, mm. the Lord of the Rings, last Lord of the Rings game that way. I bought Batman right. Arkham that way. Just tons of really great games go for half price, and um, I'm looking for I'm looking forward to buying um, oh uh, God of War. People call it Dad of War. Mm. Um, it's it's a single player game. You know, there's there's games that you can buy in the first generation PlayStation Four games that come out that are amazing games that are eight years old. Uh, just because you don't buy them brand new doesn't mean they're any less good. Uh, right. Especially if they're single player games. If it's a multiplayer game and you want to get on the thing, sure. But, you know, buying single player games, it doesn't matter that you have to have them when they come out. No. Right. So 
this is something that I'm, I'm looking forward to buying several single player games. It'll last me the rest of the year. Um, there's the Uncharted games that are a couple ones that are super cheap. Uh, the Last of Us Remastered, super cool. And then every damn uh, physical copy, you know, movie, I'll I'll buy tons of those. <laughs> I guarantee you. I guarantee you. Last year, I spent two hundred and fifty dollars on games and and movies. So just on mm. Black Black Friday, and it's simply because it's time to shore up my collection. Oh, I've been wanting to buy Ant Man, but I haven't. I've been wanting to buy this one, but I haven't. You know. Right. So it's ten dollars. It's five dollars. It's three dollars. You know, I'll pick. Well, speaking of movies, yeah, I think we'll I think we'll get into Black Friday more next week, and especially in two weeks, which because that'll be after Thanksgiving. Yeah, and we can we can uh, compare damage. Yeah, but, for uh, sure. That's not the word I'm looking. For. And, and and then you can you can tell me like you know what that switch was totally badass, and you have made a mistake. <laughs> you should have bought it when it was on sale. I'll be like, Dang. yeah, I. I'm but you have be one. Looking, you have one already. I'm going to be looking for a laptop because my new uh, my new work computer is going to be a Mac Mini, mm. and so I'm going to need some way to um, work remotely if, for short periods if I if I ever need to. Sure. Anyway, let's jump off of that and yeah. talk about last week's weekly challenge. This was a back to the challenge. Wait a minute, Doc. Ah. Are you telling me that you built a time machine out of a DeLorean? This was your pick, even though you've never seen it. Last week was Monty Python. Yeah, this was your pick, even though you've never seen it. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Right. Um, man, I, I watched this Monday night, and I was going to do a bunch of research last night, like watch some behind the scenes and figure out where this was in their career, Monty Python, and I never, I didn't get to any <laughs> Between traveling and, uh, you know spend some time with my family well, now that I'm home again I I didn't now, completely I, ran out of time. I know you've seen this like a hundred times, but did you did you get to watch it last week like again? Like an actual watch it? Yeah. After Cardinal Game Night, I put it on Trotsky was doing some work on his laptop and I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna start this and then I'll finish it tomorrow or whatever. I ended up watching the whole thing because it's only like an hour and a half long. Okay, so before I get into my comments for it, which is from the perspective of first time ever how do you feel about watching this thing that's got like pop culture in your mind that you know everything of and then you haven't seen it for a long while? Was it still pretty great for you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a lot, you know, I wasn't for the most part laughing out loud at anything anymore. Yeah. Um, uh, we should we should say at the outset, we, we want to I want to try and minimize the quoting because this movie is is eminently quotable. Yeah. Um, but when I was, let's see, high school, maybe like senior year or right after, um, one of my friends was like, you haven't seen this, you need to see this. And, uh, you know, pay attention to this and this and the old lady beating the cat. And... Um, <laughs> And that was the first time I watched it. So as we're going through, I, I was thinking about having seen it for the first time and the various moments throughout my, my life, mostly in that, you know, early 20s kind of period where um, it was significant in some way. Um, yeah. my, my dad and, and brother and I were um, extras in a movie one time, a, mm -hmm. a very low-budget Civil War movie back when we did reenacting and so we drove out to uh 
to Virginia to do this, to film this movie. And there was a point where we were all kind of standing around waiting for thing. And, and somebody, somebody dropped some line and we're like, then, then somebody else, another line and then another line. And like, suddenly we're all quoting it. And the, and the guy who was in charge, who's trying to hear direction and give us direct, just yells at all. You all shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and so the two, the two things, I guess that, uh, I thought about as I was watching it were that sort of my personal chronology with this, with this film and sort of looking at it with a little more critical eye. Um, I mean, the first time I saw it, I was like, what in the world is this? (laughs) Um, And so I'm watching it now, you know, with all the, whatever, all the the weight of experience and, and whatever. And I'm going, Okay, I can see how this, like, there's sort of a narrative. There's sort of a story. (laughs) Sort of um, a story. But really, really not. Really, it's just a vehicle for all of these sketches. Yeah. Um, Especially in the beginning, like, before they do the stuff with the book um, and, and establish the story, like, it's just, it's just a handful of scenes. There's, like, the, the, um pigeons and the coconut or the the swallows and the coconut thing there's the uh the political peasant um there's the witch trial uh all of that stuff before you even establish the the quest and the grail but there's that there's a, a story kind of here right yeah right um kind of and so and so noticing that that i'm like oh yeah that there's really nothing it's it's just a vehicle to put these sketches together sketch sketches together um you know, I had I had that same observation, but as a criticism about the movie Nacho Libre, which I saw in the theater. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, this is not a movie; it's just a series of funny scenes. Which which is exactly or what it's, this it's was. a movie. It's it's a movie. It's not a story. Um, yeah. and and this is the same thing, you know. And that's sort of it's like the it's the, like the stage comedy laugh track. Like if the jokes are funny, it doesn't matter. Yeah, right. It's just a it's just a vehicle for this. The other observation I had was that um, there were more, there was more stuff that felt like some kind of commentary, uh, if that makes any sense. Okay. Um, You know, they're showing the scene leaning up to uh, the bring out your dead guy with the cart. Yeah. Right. And and like I know where that's going, I know that it's going to be funny, and I know that the punchline is about oh he must be a king because he hasn't got shit all over him. Right, right. Um, and so I'm I'm watching them set up this scene. And there's this really long, several long shots of just they're just people covered in mud, like rolling around and moaning and <laughs> and whatever. Right. And I'm like. Oh, this is sort of like it's funny, but it's also kind of commentary. Like, look how crappy stuff was in the Middle Ages. Yeah, right, right. Like everybody, this was like uh, at some point in the seventies. Like, um, you know, most most things like costume dramas, period pieces. This is definitely true now. Um, are mostly all very clean, like very yeah. well behaved, very posh, and this was a this was a completely different 
perspective. Right. Um, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. But uh, so what about what about you? You'd, you'd never seen this. So Yeah, I, I've never seen it. Um, I should have had you go first. No, no, that's OK. I, I, I mean, I was interested in like how you felt about that, you know, now watching mm-hmm. it again. The um, I, I liked I liked how you just had said you you kind of described this to me before about it being uh just a bunch of set pieces that get put together as these funny sketches and they're not really a, a narrative but kind of loosely a narrative and, and i and i was aware of that that being said i man if it was back in the 70s and i'd went and watched the show i would have found it funny but i don't think i would have liked the movie experience uh because it, it just was you went into it and you did laugh but I'm not sure. I mean, I, don't, I guess I don't know the the movies that you were were out during the '70s and your options to be able to watch these kind of you know comedies or whatever. But if if it was released today, I would have been disappointed. And like, eh, um, it was funny, but I never got a payoff. Which you know. But that being said, watching it on video at home, it was great. <laughs> I mean, it was perfect. It was wonderful. I could I could sure. sit there and. And and be just kind of in the moment, and you know, every once in a while, I talk to Pat because um, Pat Pat brought it over and and he owned it and and watched. It. He actually owned two copies and gave me one of them. Um, <laughs> and and it was great watching it with Pat because he knew he's seen this a hundred thousand times and he's he's known sure. it all. And he never ruined any moment. He never gave away that it was funny or laughing, except for one point when I was like talking over to Sid. He's like, "Hey, you're missing a bit." Um, hmm. and I was like, oh yeah, okay, right. Cause I didn't think at the time it was a bit until it was, had a landing joke. You know what I mean? I see. So, but, uh, besides that it was, it was great. And then he would laugh as I would laugh type thing. So it was a, hmm. it was a kind of a great experience to have that. Sure. Um, so watching it at home in, in the environment that I watched as if it was like a comedy show that I watched on Netflix. Perfect. I mean, it just fit right into to what I wanted to watch and I loved nice. every minute of it. There were things that I've heard all the stuff uh when you watched highlander i remember you saying things like oh i get to i got to put pieces together that i've heard in pop culture right Right. and and this one is clearly one of those i've the knights of knee i never got to see the knights who sorry the knights who say knee uh were were something i've always heard of but never really saw things about shrubbery i never put together with the right thing uh (laughs) i fart in your general vicinity is something i've heard a million times but don't know Right. Um, so it's, it's great to see those things happen, but not just that, but see the, all the stuff that surrounds them and, and the new things that I haven't pieced together. Mm. And one of, one of my favorite scenes was when they, the French people, which has chock full of quotes from everyone's ever always told me forever, start throwing animals over the wall. And I'm like, what is happening? And I just like lose myself laughing because I was always already kind of amused and in a, in a funny laughter mood from all the jokes that I'd heard. And then they're throwing in these new ones that I'd never seen or heard and sight gags. Uh, right. And it just kind of enhanced the whole experience about it. Like, thing. oh, not only is it funny because of this, there's funny because there's other things. So it really endeared it to me all the way through. Uh, nice. Except, except. The ending, of course, because it, there wasn't an ending. It just <laughs> ended because we're done with this. Um, and we've told all our jokes. Well, uh, you know, I I said that, um, and this is not a, an observation that I made myself, but I yeah. ran across in that in that Netflix special. I don't think it's an actual Netflix special, but on Monty Python, they said, you know, they were doing sketch comedy. And if they 
didn't have a good ending to a funny sketch, they would just end it. And that's sort of what they did with this whole movie. Yeah. That, which they just, uh, did, they just ended the show. Which is which is unique for sure. Well, the the be- the thing about that is that it's the only way they could have got their last gag in. Their last gag was was running no credits and have you listening to, to the a black screen for something like five minutes solid. Uh, yeah, I knew that was coming, so I I got up because I had to go to the bathroom. Right, but see, I didn't. And yeah, I stinking- I remember watching it for the first time, and I'm like, what's What's gonna? Are they coming back? What's yeah? What's that that literally is a joke at the audience's expense. I mean, it's like <laughs> it's like fifteen guys who wrote this script or whatever got together and is and every time they watch it with audiences, they're the only ones in the room laughing at it because they're laughing at you sitting there. You know. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, it's like it's totally at your expense, and and when you're watching it yourself, nobody really finds that funny until except for the guys who wrote the joke, right? Which is fine because they kind of earned it. Uh, sure, but still, it's uh, I'm I'm not offended by that, but it's kind of like ah, oh, you got me type thing. Mm, yeah. Um, and that the only way that joke even works is if they don't have if they leave you hanging, right? right? If they had actually came back and had more that you wanted, it wouldn't have been the same kind of a gag, right? Right. So that 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 was uh, disappointing on my side, but I kind of like okay, you got me. All right respect yeah <laughs> right, right that that that's what that's about so yeah i, I did like this show i think it kind of holds up in the way that it's british humor we watched we talked a little bit maybe off air about that vikings british comedy thing they've got on mm-hmm. netflix this is kind of just like it but you know 20 years later or 30 40 years later something like that yeah uh, the you know a lot of the a lot of the fundamental elements of of humor in that culture are are the same just like some of them are true in our culture you know some of the mel brooks jokes hold up and some of them don't um you know that's that's as true for them as it is for us well it made me monty python this monty python and the holy grail really let me understand english humor a lot more just watching that because i got to be like oh you know what's what's funny about this that makes this english humor is that they walk up and have an expectation for what the the other person should say, and the other person launches into this large diatribe that's uh, <laughs> their own niche kind of type thing, and then the other person is left being English and not understanding that you didn't give the proper answer and trying to get mm. you to say the proper answer, but then you just keep going. And all the way through Monty Python, that's exactly how almost all their gags go. Um, just a just a reversal of expectations yeah and and you still have the guy like arthur whoever it might be who's like i'm trying to get you to give me the who's in charge type thing and you're going on about geese or you know, swallows <laughs> right and you just won't stop with the swallows thing uh which that's again a very which has nothing to do with any of the topic that's just english humor and when i watch even the the english office the british office or i watch mm-hmm. um the, the the viking show that's exactly what they do there too the guy will come up post you know put forth a question or a statement and then the person will answer with something that totally means nothing about whatever and go on about it for like 10 15 minutes while the other person is still trying to get you to say what you're supposed to say um, yeah it's like there's, there's so much of it is is just rooted in their like they're very very formal very polite yeah um culture it is it is 
Uh, at so, least, yeah, love at it. least that's how it seems to me as a, a filthy American. A, filth, a filthy American. That's right. We, the way we, we don't understand things. But it was great. It was full of humor. And John Cleese is a legend because of <laughs> things he's done after. But when you watch this on his early work and you're like, yeah, see, this is why this guy's amazing. Yeah, that was another thing I noticed that I didn't appreciate so much. I didn't appreciate as much the first time I saw it was identifying who was who. I'm like, oh, that's John Cleese again. That's, yeah. you know, I don't know the rest of them by sight, but I'm like, oh, that's the same guy as this guy. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, that's, that's Lancelot. That, that's, that's this guy. You know, they do have, well, Lancelot is John Cleese again. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, knowing that, like, aside from all the actual women that they have in there and, uh, and all of that, these, you know, actual extras, um, you know, that there are only six of these guys and they're doing <laughs> most of it themselves. They, they really are, which um, which was I, I it took me like 20 minutes to find out. I'm like, these are all the same guys, aren't they? Which, yeah. which made it even funnier, I, I think, especially when they're talking to themselves back and forth. Right. Because right. like Lancelot they, is in some scenes with the French guy, which is. Pretty yeah, great. they they did they did a scene. I saw one of those because it starts, and I'm like, oh, that's I can tell from the voice that that's John Cleese up on the wall. And then later they run into him again, and you don't see Lancelot. I'm like, oh, they did this scene at the same time, and so he <laughs> he's not there. Right, um, and that was funny. The, to close this topic out, do do you have a favorite Monty Python scene? Pick one of all of them. Scene gag something like that. Um. There's so many, but you have. To, if I had put the screws to you and said one, so this this past year I turned 37. Oh, right, yeah, okay. And uh, and if if you'll recall the the second, I think it's the second sketch in the film. Um, King Arthur goes up to this guy pulling a cart and he calls him old woman. Uh, and then and then you know, subsequently the guys the guy goes on a political rant. Um, <laughs> that character, his name is Dennis. And he tells he tells King Arthur, "I'm 37. I'm not old." Yeah. And then you know goes into the whole thing about women in ponds distributing swords and all that stuff. Like <laughs> that's that's a pretty hard one for me to uh, for me to for me to top. The, the, um, that's definitely relevant. Funny, funny, right? I think mine was by far because I've watched it. It's the only thing. It's very rare that I'll go back and watch a scene several times, but this mm-hmm. is the one the one scene that I watched. Like three times already, and I, and and Sydney. Well, I watched some of this with Sydney because I was talking to her about it. And I'm like, you should watch this. That she watched two or three times was the the Lancelot marching up on the to save the prince, thinking <laughs> you know it was a princess, and, right. and that that whole slow scene where he's he's filming across the field like four or five times to keep looping it. The guy watching, yeah, him. yeah. Then Lancelot walks up and goes ha ha and kills the guy and goes by the other guard who's just standing there. He's like, oh. And and then Lancelot slays the entire wedding, half the wedding party, and is just goes on a massacre. Yeah, that I had was forgotten. Funny. I had forgotten how ridiculous that whole sequence is because it's like somebody does something to him, and he like starts starts cheering and and roar and just and just murdering people again. He's and just that, murdering people. <laughs> that I think is like it's it's well, it's clearly supposed to be funny, right. but it's also like maybe. If not making fun of the the time and the culture, making fun of other films in oh, that yeah. genre, like historical films. They're oh like, yeah. Oh, they're in battle, and he's just swinging the sword around. Uh, oh yeah. And just murdering just everything around people. him, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Innocent guards who are coming up to defend people, and he just like, brah! 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, and then uh, what's even better, what makes it even tops it off on that scene is when he, he finally gets up to the prince who he thinks is a princess that saved from me yeah. from your dad. And then all of a sudden he's immediately like, oh, I, I guess I did wrong here. <laughs> you know? right. But but right. no big deal, which yeah. is also top. So, yeah, that's there's so much. It, it's funny because, you know, as we've as we've talked about a lot, you're you're more a fan of the action sort of sequences than I yeah, am. All right. all the stuff in that scene that's funny to me is the dialogue. Like the whole scene in the bedroom before where like he's describing the castle in the swamp and then he's trying to get the guards to stay and they can't understand and he explains it over and over. And then when after all that happened, when he's like, you know, it's a happy occasion. Let's not bicker, argue about who killed who. Like all of that stuff is the funny stuff. Like <laughs> right. him just murdering people. I'm like, I'm like, okay, yeah. Like it, I don't, I don't think it's not funny. That's right, right. not something I would have pointed to um, as the and, scene. And maybe it's because of the because of all the quoting and, and quotability of that movie. That's the stuff that I really remember. Right. Like it's more fun to do their to do their accents and quote their lines than to just describe. Like yeah, and then he goes in and he kills all these guys. He, he murders nice. all the guys with that. With that, you know. Yeah, that I don't know. That that's what that his head down kind of like he didn't even look what was there at one point he attacks the wall which is so good uh but yeah john cleese was it was in still is one of the most amazing hilarious english actors ever yeah has had a storied career uh, and this and you can just watch him do this and he's like yeah it's just his natural hilarity is what this guy is so for sure fantastic love love the show and and it's uh it definitely holds up if you haven't seen it, as a guy who just got to see it, definitely worth watching. Uh, you know, it, it can be a, a mood kind of show. I, I wonder if I had would have liked this as much as if Pat had not come over. Like, if I just mm. watched this in be- before bed. Before, on your own? With on my own, you know, after a long day at work. And I decided to sit down and watch this because I had to watch it because it was coming late on our time to watch. If I'd have mm-hmm. really liked it. You know, I give sometimes I'll give shows that we review and talk about a hard time because it was like, eh, it just wasn't for me. Um, right. I wonder if this could have been one of those. So if you do want to watch this show, be in the be in the mood, be in the mood to be lighthearted and just see absurdity and the absurdity of things. Sure. So. OK, so that's that's this week. Uh, what's next week? I'm ready for something good. OK, let's let's jump off of the uh, off of the the old old stuff. Okay. For, for a week or two we've done and, that for um, a while we've had that several weeks let's uh let's do another netflix challenge um we've got this uh outlaw king oh the outlaw king with chris pine okay this is a movie oh it's a movie okay it's not a series yeah that's right i think it's all the trailers for this so let's see if netflix has finally nailed a movie okay um, this is with <laughs> about robert the bruce which is kind of a uh spiritual sequel to braveheart correct sort of as as I understand it, and I have never studied this history, all I have are anecdotes from friends of mine. Um, many of the things uh, attributed to William Wallace in the film Braveheart are actually achievements of Robert the Bruce. Um, but uh, I think it's a yeah. little both. There's a great. It's a, it's a little of both. I mean, you're far enough back in time that everything is all myths and legends, anyway. Sure. Uh, um, the, with there's a documentary on Robert the Bruce. It's actually called something about Braveheart. And they talk about William, the historical William Wallace and Robert the Bruce, and it's it's a documentary, so you you get what you want, and it's it's really kind of cool and educational as a fan of Scotland and stuff like that. So sure, um, not that I'm saying that this movie is going to be 
historically accurate or not, but I've I've heard that it does fit in the Braveheart mythos, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, so that's cool. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about that, and I'm a huge fan of Chris Pine. So sure. that's a uh, man. I, now I'm excited. I kind of want to watch that now. Watch it, <laughs> watch it sooner rather than later. I, I guess. Um, cool. Good choice. Good choice. Well, let's. Um... We'll go ahead and shelve this uh, this other big topic that I had. Um, I sent you links to a to a handful of trailers. Let's do let's do our first. This is one of the one of the segment topics that you you suggested uh, after we uh, or maybe I did. Who knows? Mm-hmm. After we hit fifty episodes, and uh, and you had this segment trailer trash, which is aptly named for this collection of trailers that I sent you. In a world, I I did get to watch those. There's three of them. There are four, actually. Four. Wait, four. Uh oh. Maybe, maybe, I, maybe I didn't get to, get to see them all. Uh, there was um, the Pokemon Detective, which is yep. a, something coming out. Um, I got to see um, what other ones were there? Pokemon Detective. So Pokemon Detective, uh, Overlord, Overlord, Holmes and Watson, oh. and um, um, that pigeon one. What's the pigeon one called? Like I put these on here and I've already forgotten <laughs> the last one. Uh, it's one they talked about on Geek Scholars. I'll have it here in a second. Is it Spies in Disguise? Spies in Disguise. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Think, I, I did watch this. So, okay. Trailers. Uh, cool. I love trailers. First off, I, <laughs> uh, I am not a guy that, that feels that, uh, my time is wasted the first 30 minutes sitting in a movie theater and watching trailers. I really love them. Um, okay. And I, and I love, I love seeing them in the big, so you're, in the theater. You're, you're not a guy. You're not a guy who wants to go into the theater clean, b- blind. Well, no, I wouldn't say that. I, I, it's different. That's, that's not, that's not the part of trailers you enjoy. You enjoy the hype. Yes. I enjoy the hype. Very, very, very well said. I enjoy the hype. Um, which means that, like for Star Wars, I, I uh, that's a bad example. I'll, I'll watch every Star Wars one. Um, but for, for some movies, uh, and I'll use the the one where we, just the Sherlock and Holmes Holmes one. Uh, I want to be hyped. I want to see that cool trailer that's hilarious that makes me. Which, by the way, I loved it, um, and I want to watch it. But I don't want to watch any more trailers about it. I don't want to know anything else. I don't want any like other once, gags. Really. Once you've decided. Yeah, and there's some once some you, movies. That once you've you, made your decision, you don't you don't want to be you don't want to have your expectations spoiled. Yeah, or, or I don't want the movie spoiled. Is because some trailers can really sure. spoil the movie. Yeah, I mean they're made by a different production company, and so sometimes yeah. they yeah yeah. So so For I sure. of these four, I, I I'm looking. I really got jazzed about the Sherlock Holmes one. It's with uh, sure. Will Ferrell and uh, Wreck It Ralph guy. I can't remember his name. John C. Riley. John C. Riley. Um, God, it looks like those two back at back at the saddle doing the, what they do best, you know, pinging off of each other. Love it, love it, love it, and it looks hilarious. Um, a completely different kind of Sherlock Holmes. I mean, oh, I yeah, did not right? see, I did not see Sherlock gnomes, and I assume you did not either. Nope, I did not. Um, <laughs> from from all accounts, it was horrendous. But um, <laughs> right, yeah. In the in the absence of. Uh, any Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, um, Sherlock, or uh, or Robert Downey Jr., Jude Law, steampunk Sherlock Holmes movies, we have this Sherlock Holmes full comedy. 
full combo. Counts. I mean, ha- um, how, how much cooler can you get? Can you get than that? That's that's great. Yeah. I mean, I, I love it. And and putting these guys in it with, I mean, their their kind of comedy is uh, clueless comedy. Like they're they're completely clueless in the things that they're doing. Oh, right. Okay. So that's not an Alicia Silverstone. No, 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 no. They're okay. they're like always in in the trailer. They talk about uh, what is it? Um, there's a a scene, a really quick scene where they show a female doctor come up, and they're like, "A woman right. doctor? That's not a real thing." It's like these guys they're are completely—they just laugh. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're completely clueless in their stupidity, right? And, and they don't really yeah. realize it. So anyway, that was that, the line in the trailer that I laughed at. Yeah, it's so. What he, he, he says, "You want some opium?" <laughs> oh yeah, oh, that's, that's right. A, that's a joke for people who are familiar with this era. <laughs> that's right. So so bad. Um, the, what is it? Overlord. I had such mixed, mixed emotions from that trailer. Uh, did you ever see a movie called Iron Sky? No, I did not. Okay. That's going to, uh, that's, I think that might, that might be a weekly challenge at some point. Oh yeah. That, that's that a, worth it. That's a, well, it's campy. It's terrible, but I kind of want you to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this is a weird sort of alternate version of World War II, what appears to maybe be the Normandy invasion, uh, except, you know, German, uh, Nazi, not Nazi super soldiers that are zombies. Like, not a new premise. Like, this has been a thing since at least the original Wolfenstein game and possibly earlier than that. Uh, but this is a World War II nazi zombie horror movie <laughs> it's so so weird i mean it looks I, very strange it, it does and, and the music that they're playing it's like this rock kind of music to it at the beginning it's acdc's hell's bells yeah yeah. The, yeah it starts off with this idea that like oh this is a really cool world war ii type epic it right? looks like it's, a normal world war ii movie yes. right which which made me feel like oh man this is okay this is cool i can get into these i i, I dug like Saving Private Ryan when they're walking yeah, maybe, across France. Maybe and, Spielberg's at it again. Yeah, yeah. So, so it was like very cool, very gritty, awesome. And then it starts playing this rock music. Like, okay, this is a choice that they're making to make it seem very gritty and cool. And yeah. then they maybe all of a sudden we've got a Tropic Thunder thing on our hands. <laughs> yeah, and then it goes into this clearly a horror scene. So I'm like, whoa, right? Monster stuff with like definite horror. I'm like, what is happening? And then it cuts back over to like gunfire with world war two fights. And I'm like, okay, well now we're back into the Epic again, but then, Oh my gosh, there's <laughs> monsters and zombies with this. What is happening? So by the time that trailer was over, I felt like all sorts of confused emotions. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> do I go into what, how do I go into that movie? Should I go into that movie excited to be thrilled and scared or like in awe of, World War Two. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I it's a horror movie, so it's so there's definitely at least it from all accounts, it appears to be a horror movie. It um, does, right? It's and and I mean, I'm of the opinion that with that entire genre, you'd need to check your uh, your rational mind at the door because uh, it's it's just a sensational thrill ride. But uh, right, I mean, yeah. if if you look at something like uh, Indiana Jones and the 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 Temple of Doom, uh, or, or sorry, like the Last Crusade. I mean, okay. you could call that kind of a 
historical fiction type thing where they're going after the occult and uh, sure. Hitler's obsession with it. And then they have part where in the, the first uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, where at the end they open up the, the Ark and, you know, there's the power of God comes out and melts people's faces. So that's that's using fantasy and mysticism with a real world, real life setting time. Uh, but I don't think this is that. I think this is going to be full on horror or is it going to be a World War II epic that has some horror elements? You know, I couldn't tell from that trailer. Yeah, I would I would guess full on horror. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. So pretty soon that you think that in the movie, like in the first like half hour, they'll probably get into the like the scary place and start doing stuff. Yeah, somebody goes into the woods when they clearly shouldn't. Yeah, or something. Right. Yeah. Well, that that was that's cool. That's you know okay. That's pretty cool. Uh, if if you're into that. Yeah, I mean, I I haven't watched a good horror movie in a long time. It's, there's nothing been that's on my. I mean, I know Halloween just came out, but I I didn't. You know, there were the Mike Myers thing. Uh, right, right. And and I and I haven't really been you know. Thinking that would do anything for me, so it's been a while. I, I could I could go for a horror if it was a good one, uh, and this looks very well shot. So that that can be a thing. Uh, what was yeah. the other ones? Yeah. Sherlock gnomes. There was. So there's the animated uh, uh, spy. What did I say? Spies called? in disguise. Spies in disguise. Uh, with with Tom Holland and Will Smith. Love me some Tom Holland. It's it's Obviously animated. I don't I don't know if I said that. But... Right, right. Uh, that's a tough one. The animation on that trailer looked a lot like uh, Shark Tale. I don't know if you remember that one with also with Will Smith. Uh, I missed that one. Uh, I had a kid at the time that was you know appropriate <laughs> to watch that. Um, and, and and yeah, I don't I'm not, know. I'm not judging. I'm just saying I haven't yeah. seen it. No, it, it wasn't. It wasn't great. Um, so maybe I was having some flashbacks of you know Will Smith doing mm. Shark Tale, which was pretty terrible. Um, and then and then it reminds me of newer more. Pixar stuff like. Uh, Inside Out. I liked Inside Out. That's such a that's such a good one. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I wouldn't. The I wouldn't. Style, uh, I'm I'm just talking about the art style, not the. Sure. Uh, yeah, sure. I I certainly did not expect anything nearly as emotionally uh, uh, impactful as Inside Out. Yeah, that, that's some of the things that, that make the really good animated shows good and memorable is that they have emotional impact. Like they can have all the comedy and the, the one liners and adventure but they if they have some kind of emotional weight to them they make them last forever sure you know? uh, you go back to frozen and the idea that you know it's one of the biggest ones in our recent memory and it uh the sisters you know sacrifice all for love and it's the two sisters and uh anna you know puts herself in front of the sword and turns to ice uh, for her sister or you know the the song of um let it go when you're you being yourself type thing and be who you true to who you are. It's a very sure. kind of emotionally impactful song or, or piece in it. The movies have that connection to you. So it's not just, you know, Hey, this is a little adventure. Even Nemo had the part where, you know, that Nemo could have been dead or he sacrificed himself. Um, and his mom, his mom's dead type thing. And it's just him and he's, he's hurt. So this, this, this show has to go on that. Um, <laughs> I, I look at stuff like boss baby and uh-huh. that was just a series of jokes 
but right. not had anything more than a Saturday morning cartoon. So th- yeah, this this could go either way. I, the trailer didn't tell me anything yeah. from that. From that. All right, what was the last one we watched? I forgot real quickly. Um, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds live action Pokemon movie. Oh, I want you to talk about this. What do you think of Det- that? <laughs> Detective Pokemon. I, you know, it's Ryan Reynolds. Like. Ever since Deadpool, it's like he's the guy. He's, he is the guy. Um, I I can't I can't even think of a comparison. Like he he loved that that character in that franchise so much that he, from what I've heard, and I haven't you know researched it or anything, but like he made that movie happen and made yep. it hilarious and amazing. Yeah. Um. And still I've, does. I've still not seen the second one because I, you know. There's nobody. Well, Andrew's back now, but for a while there was nobody here that I would go see it with, and I'm like, I don't want to go to the movie, go to the theater by myself. But it's worth um, definitely worth the red box, for sure. Um, and now he's doing this. It reminds me a lot of uh, Ted. I oh, only saw, nice call. Yeah, like Ted. I I only saw the first one of those, but I'm like, oh, is is Ryan Reynolds trying to do his his Seth MacFarlane? Um, uh, you know, Wahlberg kind of, mm-hmm. kind of thing here. Like what? With I pe- with Pikachu <laughs> with P- with Pikachu. Like what? <laughs> Le- you know, I I originally called this segment uh, WTF trailers because all four of these movies, I'm like, what? Oh, that's that's appropriate like, to say. The, the the one the one that has the least amount of uh, what is the is the Holmes and Watson. But even that one, you're like, full comedy Sherlock Holmes? Full no. comedy, yeah, no, for real. Yeah. Um, right. And, yeah, I don't I don't know what to expect at this. I am sure that I will be able to find somebody to go watch it with me, and we will go see it, and I'm sure it will be hilarious. What, what, what do I watch the, that movie for? Do I watch it because, like, oh, my gosh, it's a real-world Pokemon living in the real world type thing? No. Or do I watch it for the comedy of the comedy? You watch it. You watch it for Ryan Reynolds. Is that what it is? Yeah. God, it's so weird to watch a Pokemon show for Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I think, I mean, I think of the trailer. The trailer makes me kind of want to watch it. So if it was out today, I'd go watch it. Yeah, that's so that's kind of where I'm at. Success trailer writers there, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very good. Oh uh, well, that's. We got so many, so many other things to talk about. We're just going to wait until next week. Yeah, we, we talked time. longer than I expected about uh, about switch stuff, but it's all good. I get, I get, I get my, I, you know, there's something that you and I have. I want to make a little comment on that topic. You and I had mentioned a long time ago that sometimes our our juices get flowing not because of good things or bad things, but because of lost potential. Like this could have been so much better, or there could have been so many things. And with the Switch, hmm. I, I guess I get riled up because I have the potential to want to buy that console, and I just constantly, recently get a little like sad that there's not enough for me to to get one. Hmm. I feel the lost potential of a potential console I should have. I mean, there console. there are always there are always new games for it, and in a way that. Uh, that I think is is new to Nintendo. They seem to be more open to, uh, you know, third party and and kind of indie development stuff than they than they have in the past. It's um, just that third party is not like, into them, is the thing. Well, you know, it takes time. Um, you know, there are games like 
but we've talked at length about Diablo, which is, you know, Blizzard branching out into new things. But um, Dead Cells, uh, I talked about a couple weeks ago, is excellent. Um, I mean, it's also on PC, but it's um, it's on the Switch, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a is a. I mean, I've not played it on PC, but it's a controller game, so it makes sense uh, on that platform. But you know, it's still relatively new. It's been out like a year and a half. There are several really good first party games, and they're they can only add more. Um, um, third-party games and unlike also unlike the you know the wii they are closer to hardware performance parity with the other consoles this time around and they and they have the advantage and they have the advantage of the the combination portable and and home setup you know the whole switch am am i correct in saying that Nintendo has had two consoles come out in the one life cycle of the Xbox and PlayStation. Is that correct? I, well, I don't know I when. So. I mean, you have to ignore the entire DS line. And I don't know when the Wii U came out. And you also have to consider that both Xbox and PlayStation have upgraded versions. Yeah, but they're still, but their games are still on Universal. You don't buy like, PlayStation sure, Plus games right. and PlayStation games. They're all one thing. Yeah. Um, that's but, right. yeah, so anyway, uh, I'll, moving, getting back on that rabbit trail. Hey, next week I'd like to talk to you about Divinity 2. It's something that's been on our radar a little bit. Um, but right. I had a, a really cool, interesting experience with it in the last couple of days where I was I played my PlayStation controller on it with Steam, and something magical happened, and I'll talk to you about it next week. <laughs> Okay, cool. Something yeah. to something to look forward to. Yeah. All right. You've been listening to the Front Porch. This is episode sixty-four. Yeah, four. Yeah, sixty-four. It's not in front of me anymore. Sixty-four. Uh, special thanks, as always, to our friends over at Geek Scholars Movie News, Woot. Film News, Headlines, Previews, and Glorious Podcast Forum. Check them out. Geek Scholars Movie News. Uh, if you like role-playing games or Star Trek or Star, Star Trek role-playing games, check out our other show, Klingons and Dragons. That's at KlingonsDragons.com. If you've got questions, comments, topic ideas, tell us all the stuff we're wrong about, you can email us, frontporchpod at gmail.com. Or you can go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com. Over there, we've got contact forms and show notes. I linked all those trailers and stuff we talked about on this show. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And while you're there, if you leave us a review, that'd be awesome. Thanks, as always, for listening. And until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For The Front Porch. Good night, everybody. Good night, guys.